0: Welcome to the Digital Dudes Podcast. I'm David. I'm Reed. So Reed, today we're testing a new software that records video. So that's what you were just saying is like there's a countdown timer that counts down from five. Uh, because you, when we used to try to do video, I would have to splice it by doing like a hand movie clap between. So I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> uh, but I like how since we're testing video for, I'll say the first of, official time because the other times were kind of hacky. Uh, I like that it looks like you got – your haircut done high and tight for this one? Like, did you finally go back out? Did you stop doing this yourself?
1: Yeah, I did. Miranda's like enough's enough. You know, the uncle Fester was not doing it for her. Um, I won't say literally, but, uh, you know, it was just like these wings that were popping out, (laughs) like from, uh, you know, or is it Herman Munster? Anyways. Um, so she was like, something's gotta be done and I don't want you to just shave it all again, even if you are losing your hair. So I was like, all right. So I went back to the the barber and I was like, what's the game plan here? It's been almost four years (laughs) since I've been in the chair and, uh, things aren't any better. And she was just like, Oh, you know, shut up. Let me just, you know, do a high and tight. It'll look good. And that's what she did. So
0: was this, um, uh, the same barber that you used to have trouble getting scheduled with that was so busy? Yeah,
1: I think so. It's funny because when I first started seeing her, she was like, had just graduated past whatever, the assistant level, and was just getting her own clients. So I was one of the early ones and I was paying like 20, 20 30 bucks. And I think that's pretty good for a decent salon. You know, I was like, Hey, I, you know, this works. And so she like grandfathered me in and that's where I screwed up because I should have like kept seeing her every like, I don't know, six months or something, but she thought basically I died or moved like to another country. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, does Alex still work there? And like, yeah, sure. And I booked the appointment and yeah, everything's cool. Right. Right. And, oh, but I walk up and she's like, here's my assistant, Megan. I was like, oh boy, oh, man. <laughs> you have an assistant now. I don't think it's going to be 20, 30 bucks. Sure enough, it's $50 for, for this haircut. I was like, that's ridiculous. I'll see you in another four and a half years. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, you have less hair now, but they charge you more for it, uh, versus right on my side, they it's should charge right. up, charge me. Cause I got a hell of a mop <laughs> that they got to deal with. Yeah, totally, man. Man. Well, it's funny. Cause I was just asking Nicole this weekend if she was going to bust out the YouTube. Uh, one of the top YouTube searches this last year was how to cut men's haircut at home or something or sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, it's about time that you take another swing at it. Cause it's getting real bad. And it's, it's such a thing to like schedule it and go all the way down to town and then with the COVID stuff. So, uh, I feel like anybody can only see that I can flop it over the top. And thus the rest doesn't matter. The back, the sides, it just needs to be, as you said, doesn't just as long as it doesn't stick out, we're cool.
1: Yeah, that, that is more or less it. Um funny you mentioned like the well, tipped on the touched on the experience of going in for a haircut these days. So I don't know when the last one you did if they had the kind of Dexter like setup, but <laughs> when you go back to it. <laughs> but I walked in and there was like these. I mean, it, it, looked like I was on set, you know, with the, with the show where there was like these huge divide, like plastic between each,
0: each sink and all that. It was super, super weird. I haven't, um, that, but I did have, you, I did do have to wear the mask the whole time, which makes it hard yeah. getting which mask you have to get around the ear. I feel like when you get there, they should, or before you get there, when you scheduled, they should say, we really recommend you get a mask with like a really thin band. Um, you know, it's going to be a mess. Or they just hand them out like maybe that you just have to upcharge people for the mask now. But well, uh, on this episode we're talking about uh, (laughs) antitrust, kind of the Facebook, Google, Amazon, some co-star stuff. Uh, But Reed, I thought it was a pretty good like episode just to kind of get our initial thoughts on all these lawsuits that are hitting. But I didn't ask you one thing in the episode because I wanted to ask you besides those four that we that I just rattled off, which tech company or maybe not even tech company, but which company would you like to see something done against that that isn't named? So is there somebody out of the main tech giants? Cause you mentioned Fang during the episode, which is, you know, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. Um, do you think Netflix needs any whopping do you uh, Apple? I mean, is there anybody that's basically not under fire right now that you would say, maybe we should take a closer look at,
1: huh? Well, I guess Apple would be the e- easiest answer to that. But I, my feelings about Apple v- versus all the others that we cover in the, you know, like they're all kind of the same, like, um, not meaning that I don't, I, that I'm apathetic to what's going on. Cause I'm not, you know, but, um, it's just the same kind of situation. So it's easy to group them in. Right. Um, but I would actually say Salesforce, um, although, you know, you've pointed out many times they there is the ability to integrate with them. There's also remarkable headaches involved with that. Um, but it seems to me that they they are well on their way if they're not already there to to a lot of
0: anti-competitive like behavior um, within the CRM world. But Reed, they believe in the Hawaiian spirit. They couldn't possibly be so evil. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They got, make me keep
0: yeah, they actually got hit last year with like, people were really upset about them appropriating like the Hawaiian culture. Um, which I feel like that's a whole different topic, but I just mean like they, they try to have that really carefree happiness attitude. But I, it's funny. I didn't actually think you were going to pick Salesforce, but that was kind of on my brain. I feel like they're the ones that I feel like they're the ones that are getting away scot-free right now. Like all of these oh, other, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> they did. And, and it's like, seems like it's going to get approved. And so it's like, they just get to sit on the sidelines being like, Oh, woe is me, Microsoft, you know, so big. Oh, you know, whatever, Apple, Google. And, uh, and yet they're like, just about as giant as many of these other ones they are just kind of like, kind of doing it pretty on the sideline.
1: I guess so, but maybe like you said, you were talking about opening up the social graph, just the fact that they, you know, have such a robust uh, app store and so many companies integrating that they look, look that you know, the optics just look better. Um, but that won't last forever, especially with a, an acquisition as big as, as Slack. I mean, what would be really fascinating because you had mentioned what would have been way cooler is if it was Slack and Zoom, but what if they, they uh, pick off Slack and then three years from now, we're reading about them going after Zoom. That that might <laughs> that might be the tipping point, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, depending again, how they handle it. Like you can be big, you just can't be anti-competitive. So um, they are kind of like- The two often
1: go hand in hand, you know? Yeah.
0: Seemingly, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they, they often do. Um, so I think Slack, or sorry, uh, Salesforce is protected a little bit because like Microsoft teams is taking off so much and Microsoft teams is taking off because, um, when you talk to the enterprise B2B, like it guy, uh, chief I- information officer, CIO or whatever, uh, or the security officer, it's like, Hey, don't you want everything in one stack? Do you really want to use a different Slack? And then you want to use zoom. It's like, this is less secure. And so I think because Microsoft has that ability right now, it kind of buys Salesforce some shade, um i'm with you on apple though i think apple would be one because of the app store we talk about a little bit of this in the in the episode like the fees there and how they don't allow other app stores like without like voiding your warranty that to me is is anti-competitive um i don't think i think netflix is protected right now because um uh disney is coming so hard you know disney i think announced that they were going to do like 11 or 12 billion dollars in content whereas everyone was shocked about netflix spending nine billion Disney's like, cool story. I'm going to do 12 billion. <laughs> so I think they're protected by that. And then, um, what was that new announcement that th- just happened where it's like all the movies from like, um, one of the major films, like wonder woman is all going to be on what HBO max or whatever. So I feel like that announcement, uh, Warner brothers, all the Warner brothers movies are going to be under the same streaming service too. So I feel like that buys Netflix. like basically, all right, Netflix is cool. There's a lot of competition. Um, but yeah, those what are did mine. Did you
1: say, who did you say owns or buy or bought imbd oh amazon yeah okay (laughs) yeah i was just thinking like as you're talking through the content and the whole streaming thing that you know that that's been another one that you know was a bit of a surprise to me like it just seemed like it happened overnight in the last year i was like what imbd now because whenever i'm looking you know to search something it's like what other ways can you purchase this and instead of like the two or three like usual suspects now there's like eight different you know streaming services that you can buy these you know buy the content through.
0: Yeah. I think they've owned them for a while. Apple. Amazon has, but I, I do feel like sometimes the search results are in question to me cuz whenever I look up a movie or a show I me- immediately go there. Nicole actually searches by Google and I chastise her for it. I'm like, "Why are you looking up this like film history on Google? Don't you know to use IMDb?" Uh, but yesterday I was trying to search the new Netflix movie. Um, Uh, Meryl Streep did a musical called, um, prom. I don't know if you've seen that come up, but it was a Broadway play converted to Netflix.
1: No, but when you said the word musical, I checked out.
0: (laughs) But I thought (laughs) Meryl Streep might hook you back in.
1: (laughs) Possibly it would take that level of star power. Yeah. I think that, uh, the, one I was excited about years ago, God, was it called nine or something? It was with Daniel day Lewis. Um, and they just had amazing star power, maybe Charlize Theron, I don't know. And it was, it was horrible, you know? Um, so that was the last time I really gave musical a shot.
0: Well, I do like musicals, but we can go do that a different, uh, time, but I, I, uh, I I was (laughs) going to make a joke this morning. Um, but I knew you wouldn't have seen it, but you didn't end up watching Hamilton, right?
1: No, I, I really do want to see that. I've, I've heard enough and I love the book of Mormon, um, You know, but that's like, if I'm, it's almost like baseball for a lot of people. If you put me like there in, in the, you know, in the theater or whatever, and I watch like a Broadway musical, like I can dig it. But if you have me watching that at home as a movie, it doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. So I think it'd probably be the same way with Hamilton, but I don't know.
0: I, Hamilton, um, it was built up so much that the first time I saw it, it was kind of like what we talk about, like wall street too. It was like, all right, well, it's fine. But as I watched this second time, like that's how I got that running in this weekend as I put on Hamilton and I went through the first intermission I was like, all right, this second time around, I'm like, this is, this is really good. Um, but prom does not hit that. I, you can go ahead and skip that Street, and I'm, and I'm a big street fan. Uh, but my point bringing this back I tried the search prom on IMDb and the, the, it's a Netflix sp- movie. What did not show up in the IMDb results. Like when I went through the search, the regular search history, I had to go to Google and from Google, I could get to the prom page on IMDb to then look up Streep. And I was like, this is effed up. Like this movie just hit. It's the front page of Netflix. It's, you know, got uh, a bunch of big actors in it and then it, now it's getting suppressed in the results. And it's like, when the when the name of the film is prom and you're bringing up other stuff that have that don't relate to that exact search and your it's like something's either your search is really that bad or there's something funky going on here with prime versus netflix yeah totally that is very suspicious yeah all right well i think that's our intro read should people stay tuned and hear the rest of this thing
1: <laughs> yeah it starts with haircuts then moves to movies then Then we get to the antitrust stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. At some point, there's some news in there. All right. Well, check in. Stay tuned. Whatever. Listen on. (laughs) Uh, Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Reed was just saying the countdown uh, that this new software has made him feel like, like you're at Sears photo. Where did you take your uh, family photos? Was it Sears?
1: No, it was in the comfort of my, my living room.
0: Well, no now. Right. But no, I mean, as a child, did you guys ever do the, the Sears photo? Um,
1: I think so. Like, I feel like my grandparents dragged the rest of the family there like for, you know, some sort of reunion, but I think my mom, you know, splurged, at least in my teens, I feel like she would find some like freelancer and we'd go out to like the golf course or something and take a picture.
0: Well, fancy. Even though yeah. none
1: of us golf, you know, just uh, a <laughs> pretty background.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we did the Sears photo. We didn't, I don't know that we did a family photo after the age of like 10. Uh, but prior to that, I remember like my mother uh, dressing me up in overalls, the same overalls my grandfather had in taking us to Sears. And- so he and I could take the same, like coverall photo. I must've been like four, five, I don't know. And then my sister, I don't know if you've seen this. Re- did you see this photo when we did the, the baby photo uh, from work, but where I'm dressed up as Hansel and Gretel or I'm Hansel. And my <laughs> <No>. sister's Gretel.
1: <laughs> no, I will definitely make a beeline for that uh, next time I'm in the office.
0: Yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I'll share it with you afterwards. It's a, it's a classic. And I remember like my mom had me keep that outfit, like, into my teens, I bet she still has it. And I, it's like one of those things, like, what am I gonna do with this outfit as if I would subject my child, you know, when I have a child to wear this uh, (laughs) embarrassing thing. Pay the torture forward. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, well, anyways, we're here to talk about uh, Facebook antitrust, Google antitrust and possibly some Amazon and CoStar stuff. So uh, should we start with Facebook since that, I feel like that's someone getting most of the headlines?
1: Yeah, we can, I think, you know, we've, scratched the surface of this in one or two podcasts and then more recently i guess we focused on the apartments.com and rent path but i'm just saying that up front um that what i'm more curious about is i'll say the the trend and i was just saying this to you uh before we started but you know what connects these you know are are they not as connected as we think they are um but it does seem like it's almost like a rash, you know, of these like in the last few months. Um, and what's really behind it, um, you know, and what would the outcome be if, if uh, some of these companies were uh, broken up a little bit, which uh, it's just segue, I guess, more directly to Facebook because that's some of what we've read is that, you know, the goal is potentially to to break down like uh, the acquisition that, that uh, happened with WhatsApp and Instagram, so. Yeah, yeah, well, how do jump
0: you into feel, it. I guess, generally speaking about the timing, how do you feel about the timing? It, do you think it's related at all? I mean, you're more in, involved in politics than I am. Is it related in all, at all to it? Because it almost seems like this kind of thing would happen at the beginning of changing uh, leaderships, not like at the end of like the presidential election. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's related. I don't think... Um... Yeah, the the big techs are probably super enthusiastic about Biden, but on the other hand, a lot of what I'm reading and, and people did predict is that he's going to be way more moderate, if not borderline centrist, um, you know, with with his administration. And that I think surprises a lot of people, certainly doesn't uh, support the, you know, kind of not conspiracy, but like the fear mongering that the Trump campaign and administration was putting out there, like, oh, uh, you know, Biden's going to turn the country socialist, you know, socialist. Um, yeah, that's not been the case at all. He's, and I'm not, this isn't about me supporting Biden. It's just he's all about unity. And so he thinks the only way to get Congress to start working together is to not radicalize the cabinet, which, which he's done a good job of so far with his appointees. But getting back to your question, um, the reason I don't think it's related is this takes time, at least everything I've read about like these antitrust suits. They don't just, somebody not just get a wild hair, hair up their ass and then file this and and, and we all read about it. Um, what I remember uh, from years ago was the, the tax uh, implications being you know, what kind of got things started, got the EU in particular, like super pissed off is they were realizing that Google, Apple, um, I don't know if this, that's back to like what connects these and what doesn't, whether Amazon folds into this or Facebook, but you know, that they were avoiding a lot of U S tax, which of course upset the U S as well, but somewhere inside of that, and I'm not going to pretend like I know more than I don't uh, do, but, um, it seemed like the EU. was was not happy with that relationship or that situation either, and that's what uh, got them going. I guess on we need better regulation, you know, better laws, um, you know, related to these companies, whether it's tax or whether it's con, you know consumer. You know, they're they're using their power, their um, their leverage to cut all sorts of corners and ultimately, of course, squash the competition. So. I could be completely off on that, but um, I'm pretty confident that this new legislation is not why we're seeing these. Because the other part of this is some of them are more stateside, right? But as I've been telling you, a lot of this is pressure coming from the EU, which couldn't have predicted and almost I would say wouldn't care whether Trump had you know stayed in office or whether Biden um, you know replaced him
0: yeah uh well that makes sense it also seems like it would take a long time to get this stuff together um right that so you couldn't really time it to be done as soon as you change over um so then do you think it's just like a boiling point because i feel like this could have been done i mean what's it been like 20 years since the since microsoft was really going through the ringer on this so why i guess that's the question why now what what is special about now because instagram and whatsapp for the facebook situation that they've had those for years now
1: Yeah, I do think that the, uh, the politics, like what, what happened last, uh, election may have like accelerated some things where it's like the outrage with Cambridge Analytica and, um, all the questions about, you know, uh, I guess Facebook and what they did or didn't do related to fake news and, and the data that they were harboring, like, um, Yeah, the influence of like, you know, uh, this is gonna sound all like Oliver Stone, but like Russia, you know, as well as like the email hacks, like on Clinton, leading up to. I really believe that people that really freaked people out on both sides, where it's like, wow, there's so much um, influence um, and persuasion. You know, same thing that these giant companies have over us and sometimes it's you know they you can point to the data and other times it's just the platform itself it's like the mechanism um you know of of the content and you know the how quickly it can travel and all this other stuff so um i think that got people worked up what i've been seeing more and this article i was going to mention to you uh yesterday in the new york times is about this this lady dinah sir sirin Sur- <laughs> um nailed it uh, apology ab- apologies to D- dina or dina i don't even know how to pronounce her first name but um she had like a yale law degree and this incredible cv um she decided not to pursue law and go into the ad tech world and was you know uh I don't know senior leader or something i mean it doesn't say exactly what her title was with one of the largest um digital agencies in the world and she got i mean i don't consider like she's a malcontent or anything but she definitely got disenfranchised with with the whole thing and decided that it the the thing just was flawed like that the you know, the deck was heavily stacked against anybody that was trying to enter any of these spaces that Google and Facebook, you know, you could just say Fang, I guess, you know, have ownership of. And so she just pivoted and started doing a bunch of research and writing, you know, memos and papers that people said she wasn't even equipped to do. But she super smart, apparently got the attention of some pretty big players. And they're not crediting her with like this whole rash or trend or whatever we want to call it, but. They were saying she is an example of what's causing this, which is to say the the insiders that are either exiled or made the choice themselves. So, in other words, it's not as much about the outrage of the the consumer at at lar- the consumers at large. It's not me and you saying, "Hey, you know, this is bullshit that you know Google's the only search engine that we can use." It's actually a lot of insiders that you know are saying, "Hey, th- there's more wrong." or there's more wrong than you guys know and nobody's going to put a stop to this if we don't type you know th- you know I guess crusade if you will and so she was very effective in in drawing attention and now she's kind of this acclaimed I'll send the article to you but she's this like acclaimed antitrust uh I think lawyer or f- again forget what their how their disc- like t- what her title is but um So yeah, that, that's my answer to you. Like what's causing this, where, where where's it, you know, where's it all coming from? Then you have like the social dilemma, right? I think you saw that, but that was on Netflix and that's the documentary about this very topic. Really. It's less seemingly about the antitrust, like competitively, it's more just telling you how much data they have and how they're using it and how, I guess, ethically, like there's a lot of wrongdoing. and. That's just perpetuating. I think the public's eye is on this right now, and that then draws in the attention, frankly, of some of the people that want to make their own uh, name for themselves, as well as I think legitimate like do-gooders who are like enough's enough. So I'm trying to like paint the perfect storm of like what's causing this.
0: I feel like I gotta I, make a joke. First <laughs> of all, uh, good doers, evil doers. One day you'll bring up the evil doers comment. Um, secondly, Oliver Stone, was that a JFK reference or just his movies at large?
1: His movies at large. He thinks everything's a conspiracy. Uh, yeah. so
0: that was the reference. Yeah. All right. Well, I tend to like his films. I actually, um, was just redoing wall street just the other day, uh, which I feel like it holds up really well, like, <laughs> like wall street it's amazing. 2020 release. And I'd be like, oh yeah, totally. Uh, so
1: it's amazing. The follow-up was not good. It wasn't terrible, but it was not good. So, you know, it's just one of those deals where like a super famous, incredibly, you know, successful director, I think, is like super bored and it's just like, yeah, it's been 30 years since I, you know, won an Academy Award for this movie. I'm gonna do part two now.
0: Yeah. And
1: wasn't a good idea.
0: I feel like that the follow-up What the first time I saw it, I was disappointed. But when I watched it a second time, I was like, All right, that was better than I thought. I just think it was, I built it up in my head so much. It's kind of like, um, the Jurassic park follow-ups like the first time I saw it, I was like, well, this garbage like ruins Jurassic park for me. (laughs) But then when I go back and I'm like, I just need a popcorn movie for my Friday night now I'm like, all right, it serves its purpose. So I think anytime you make a masterpiece, whether it's Jurassic park or wall street, I feel like the follow-up you're kind of hosed on, like, you've got to just lean into it and be like, this is just gonna be for fun now. Totally.
1: Yeah, I don't know what I don't think anybody does except of course the experts but what was da Vinci's like follow-up to the Mona Lisa (laughs) You know, It's like nobody remembers that painting. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if you look at it that way and you just lower the bar significantly and um, Probably have a beverage or two at least for me then I could get through it a little bit easier on those sequels.
0: Yeah, well on the um, to your point like I I think it's got to be something more at play than consumers, right? Because I think you were asking on a prior podcast, like, is this really, is this best for consumers having Instagram and Facebook together? Do you think it's a better experience or worse? And I feel like in many ways, it's a better experience for consumers having those two connected. I do agree that we like the Snapchats and the TikToks have helped like improve now Instagram and Facebook, like that competition's good. Right. Um, but this might have a start to roll into, to Google a little bit, but sticking on Facebook for a minute, like the WhatsApp thing, like I almost view WhatsApp as a, it's almost like how alphabet has like Google and then they have their other projects. Right. I kind of view WhatsApp as that way when it comes to Facebook. Now I know in like, um, you know, in Asia, WhatsApp is, is way more popular than here in the States. And so maybe it's more like seen as like another competition, but in a way, I feel like it's a, it's almost a good thing. Facebook has WhatsApp because it's a way to, for them to continue to diversify unless we're saying that it's a bad thing for companies to diversify. What do you, I mean, how do you take it? Do you think it's really just bad? Ultimately, if you win at more than one thing, if you've diversified, that makes you even more liable for this?
1: Well, apparently that's the same question I have, like, you know, are we looking at this more, you know, what drives these? Is it more consumer driven, which is what you were just saying. It doesn't seem like it is, or is it more business driven, you know, which is to say there's, there's other businesses that, you know, feel like they genuinely can't compete. Like there's no opportunity to, to enter, you know, these spaces because of these companies And I I don't see that, like, the way I view it is, like, yes, they're getting swallowed up, but it doesn't mean, like, that's their own choice, you know, most of the time. Like, we've gotten to know that well enough by now. And it's like, so somebody starts their own search engine, starts to gain some traction, you know you don't have to sell out to Google. It's just, you know, it it makes sense. And then if Google wants to take a piece of your IP and turn that into something in their alphabet where it's like, Hey, we're going to diversify because we really liked, you know, this, this company and where you guys were headed. um, Why is that such a bad thing? You know, because whoever started that company probably did just fine and consumers aren't noticing the difference. Right. And all we hear about, I'm going to kind of jump quickly to the business side of this, but in our industry, we constantly hear complaints about all the different platforms that they have to jump in and out of. So, what does that tell you? They're really looking for, you know, consolidation. You know, they d- literally don't want it. Doesn't make them feel better. Doesn't make their lives any better if there's 80 different CRMs. You know, so as much as they bitch about, uh, and when I they I say they, we do too. But like, <laughs> real page it's like, well, real pages effectively like the Google or Facebook in our industry, right? And, you know, they are, you know, swallowing up all these companies, but what would it look like if they didn't, you know? Um, and then they, you know, sometimes they hold on to like a lease lapse brand, right? And let them somewhat operate autonomously and sometimes they don't. Um, but that's what is the most interesting thing here. Like who's really behind, what's the motivation of these suits? Uh, because if I'm a business owner, doesn't bother me if I'm on the uh, you know the end user or consumer. I rather work with less platforms, not more. Um, and I'd rather have my data. I mean, shit. Even uh, for some reason, I'm being pretty liberal with the my curse words today. It's but two.
0: um, two, we're so good. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm three. I'm bit. <laughs> okay. it's on Mitch listening, and now now you owe two bucks. So okay, all right, two in the tip, uh, the, the whatever curse jar.
1: Yeah. Um, but you know, my mom. I was just talking to her um about you know that chest pain i was mentioning to you and i was like you know i don't want to jack with the primary i just need to find a specialist because i Mm. i hate going to the doctor and i just want to trust you know the the answer that i get back is is it and she was like sweetie (laughs) that's good for you man david always laughs at my impersonations of females they're They're all the same, right? You've picked up on that, whether it's my (laughs) wife or my mom. (laughs) Yeah. But, but, anyways, she was like, the reason that you go to the primary care is you want all your data with one person. So it's easier than like if the specialist is going to look at you, that he doesn't then have to corral and potentially miss, you know, information, like super important information from, some other like clinic that you went to or some other, you know, whatever, physician, right? So like, that's the reason that we, you know, as consumers or whatever, like patients should try to keep things consolidated. So I'll stop there. I'm just saying time and again, like so many examples where it seems like that's what we want. So why, why is this happening? I'll pose the question back to you.
0: Well, first of all, I almost want to stand up, even though I'm, I dog on Facebook a lot. I want to stand up for them for a second. Cause if I'm, if I was running Facebook or if we were running Facebook, right. Um, they bought Instagram for a billion dollars back in, what was it? 2012. And at the time, uh, Instagram had like 12 employees at the time. Everyone thought, Facebook was crazy. They're like, what are you talking about? You're going to pay a billion dollars for 12 employees. This is insane. At the time, Twitter had been trying to buy uh, Instagram as well. And I don't, I didn't pre-research. This is just my brain. I feel like Twitter was offering like 200 million or something for Facebook and Twitter. And Facebook was like, well, maybe. And then fi- and then uh, Facebook, or sorry, for Instagram, Facebook gives you 5x that. You're like, well, hell, I'm going to jump on that. And everybody thought they, they were insane at the time. So now to go back eight years later and like, if it's really, it's like it was approved back then for this purchase to happen. But now, now it's like, we want to reverse it. And that's actually what the Facebook lawyer said is like the government now wants a do over and the same thing for, for WhatsApp that they bought in in, uh, 2014. And I think that's where I'd be the most upset if I'm them. I'm like, you already approved this and I'm not like uh, I overpaid at the time. Everyone was upset at this. And now you say it's a problem that I have it it's almost like it's that when it comes to capitalism it's like you're allowed to be successful until you're too successful in a way right because um it would still be seen as like anti-competitive is like using your mass that's what this is really about not that you get too big unless you start being anti-competitive with it because you snap up everybody but they haven't bought tiktok they didn't buy snap like there's other competitors out there that they're not buying musically is what musically got bought and turned into tiktok it's like they could have bought they could have bought that and they didn't do it so on their defense, I'm like, this is, you know, this, this should be okay. Right now on the bad side, it's all the other stuff that they're doing, like how they're really like, um, all the election stuff you talked about, the misinformation stuff and how they're dragging their feet that, you know, the content, uh, like quality, like curation and, um, like the, um, the offensiveness that happens, like YouTube is doing a far better job of that. than than Facebook is and Facebook is way bigger than YouTube. Right. Um, so that's my quick defense of them and why it's happening. I think it's cause we can't get them some other way. So let's go ahead and, and get it this way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I feel like when consumers get really worked up, you know, is when it's about price, you know, it's like, this is directly affecting, you know, how much I'm paying for a specific service or product. And, you know, that when you look at Amazon. I think most people can't you can't make that argument, right? So there that antitrust just came in November I guess from the EU. But it's like are we am I spending more on products, you know, now that Amazon has monopolized e-commerce or less? And I typically spend less on Amazon than I do if I go into a store and buy the same product. Um not to make this turn this into some sort of brick and mortar versus e-commerce, but you get what I'm saying. It's like then if you, if with cable, it's like if Time Warner, you know, and uh, Comcast, you know, merge or AT and Like when you look at telecom, um, am I paying more now for my mobile plan or for you know my phone, whatever? That that's understandable, you know. Where it's like, hey, because of all these acquisitions now, the consumer's really left hand, you know, uh, stock like screwed. Uh, But when it comes to things like data, that's harder to show. I feel like um, to say, here's the consequences to the end user. You know, what they're still, and I'm not saying it's wrong. Pointing to is, and I still feel is a little bit of fear mongering is, oh, they have your data, like. They they can control our minds now, like, you know, free free thought or whatever has been removed. And there's there's the side where you look at what's happened on on the right politically, and you could say, hey, there is evidence of that. Like look what look how radical things have gotten. And a lot of people do point to the media, then that points to the data, then that points to those publishers and those platforms. So you could, you know, bring it back to that. But I also am like. Screw the person that can't think for themselves. You know, <laughs> it's like you have to be able to make your own decisions um, and be less vulnerable, I guess, to uh, to big tech.
0: Yeah. Well, what would you do then if you were in charge of Facebook now? And I, I can give you mine first, and then you can go. But it just strikes me like the issue is well, anti-competitive, and and right now I'm not. I mean, I haven't, obviously we haven't seen the the documents like saying how they're anti-competitive, except that it just says that they are trying to have a monopoly, which, okay. But I, again, I just disagree with it as it's, as it's stated right now. So if I'm Facebook and I'm like, well, how could I be, um, what would make me anti-competitive? I'll tell you something that was kind of anti-competitive. Facebook used to have an open, what they called social graph, And so what that meant is that you could actually API into Facebook and like leverage it, like everyone's connections there to, to improve your product. Right. So it's like, if I wanted to build an app and then like distribute it, I could log into Facebook social graph and then I could quickly connect with all of your friends and email them or whatever. But they shut that off. Like, um, I forget how long ago, it was like five or six years ago where you could no longer use the social graph. And at the time, that's how like Instagram got got a lot of its stuff up. They they use the social graph. It's like great, you're going to post pictures on ours, but you can use the social graph to quickly share it to your friends on on Facebook. Yada yada yada. There's a lot of examples of companies that started to build their build themselves off of that. And uh, that's like Zynga. You remember Zynga, the game company? Like it used the social graph yeah. and some other things. So if I'm if I'm Facebook, I just reopen the social graph API. I allow people to start like. Yeah, you can use our network to as a distribution channel. You can use our network to like quickly like build your own like extra social media tools on top of this. And that's kind of like what I feel like WhatsApp is. And I don't think you're super into WhatsApp, but WhatsApp basically acts as like an operating system where you can build apps within WhatsApp. And that's one reason it, it spreads so fast in China because the phones are so locked down. WhatsApp made it possible for them to, to build apps faster and distribute it quickly. So I know this would hurt Facebook's business long-term as they see it because now you don't have to pay for ads to distribute your stuff if someone's hacking the social graph to get, to get better distribution. But I feel like that's a small price to pay to hold on to Instagram, WhatsApp, and basically keep your company intact as you want. So I say open the social graph, allow anybody to hit it however they want, Leverage it however they want. And now you become kind of like windows where you're an actual platform. People can build apps on top of you, but they need you to exist as you exist. And then if the, if the FTC ever tried to shut down Facebook, uh, you'd have all of these other entrepreneurs that had built their stuff off of Facebook that said, whoa, 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 you can't break that up because now (laughs) I won't be able to run my business. Um, so anyways, that's what I would do if I'm Facebook.
1: Yeah, well. You know, not knowing what the concept, like the implications. I mean, when you say a small price to pay, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. And that would determine for me whether I'd go down that path or not. I was going to say I'd buy TikTok, but <laughs> just <laughs> how's that going to help you? <laughs> uh, it's not just uh, yeah. giving the finger back to it. Yeah. You know, back to yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Um I mean, first I, I would, you know, just fight the suit. I mean, I think that, again, you and I have not never, I think, stood up for Facebook. and uh, But I, I don't get this. I really don't. I I don't think several years after sales happen, you know, that that is a good message for entrepreneurs and, you know, industry and capitalism at large. Um, so that hasn't, I haven't seen as many opinions, I guess, op-eds or anything about that. Um but if I did have to make some compromises, I, I think that is you know a good solution. I was going to mention that like they also made it really difficult you know as far as inventory right like you know that they had walled up you know their garden and it's like you know you can work through all these other exchanges but you're not going to get at Facebook. Um, I but I also kind of respect that. It's like if I had a store you know and I was really successful, you know why would I? I mean how would I feel if I was forced to allow other people? I guess in it, you know, to sell my products and basically dilute the, you know, either the experience or the exclusive exclusivity that so many businesses, you know, are, are frankly told, you know, that's one of the things that you should shoot for. You and I always are talking about like trying to build a moat and like protect ourselves. And so it's, it's gotta be, you know, kind of a, well, mixed feeling, right? Um, it's like you, you've succeeded so much now that, you know, there is legislative legislation pointed your way. Um, to try and um, you know, kind of dilute the the moat or you know the monopoly that you formed. Yeah, I think that seems messed up to me.
0: Yeah, I think that's the problem. Everyone always associates monopolies as being illegal, but monopolies aren't illegal. It's the anti-competitive behavior that's illegal, right? And 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 it's bringing it slightly to our industry for a second. It's like, um as you said, real page earlier, it's like all of these CRMs and, and lead management systems that try to keep the data in in that walled garden. I feel like that's anti-competitive, like not opening up or letting other people grab your data or APIs or the customers own it, like export it easily. Like that that to me is like, that's anti-competitive, but it doesn't matter how big you are as long as you allowed people to, to have access. It kind of goes back to Microsoft, right? Like Windows is still probably 90% of, of the operating systems yet you know, it's, you can, anybody can make software and distribute it. So it's okay. Um, well, sort of parlaying that into Google and a little bit Amazon. Um, so Amazon, I would say, even though they haven't been hit with a U S suit yet, you said EU, I feel like they are anti-competitive. I mean, like the way that it's like, put your, put your stuff on our platform and sell it. Oh. And then as soon as we see that it takes off, we're going to knock it off and make our own version and sell it. You know and we'll rank ours higher because it's amazon choice right because it's amazon's product and like oh if you want to start now ranking at the top of the rankings we're gonna we're gonna charge you to do that um yeah i mean that to me and that has some parallels to i think the google suit but to me i feel like amazon is anti-competitive now i wouldn't want to break up when they say anti-competitive they talk about breaking up amazon into like aws versus like amazon commerce but it's like the e-commerce portion is what is where i feel they're anti-competitive and how do you break that up because you're not gonna say we're gonna break out books versus electronics i mean i don't think anybody's suggesting that and that would be a very bad user experience at that point
1: yeah no that's true i mean again and maybe it's just because i know more than the average joe about how that stuff works that i don't fall victim to that where it's like oh that's a, a rip off amazon product and you know they've shown themselves higher in the results so therefore you know they're going to get more of my business you know I, I i just don't you know and if it if it bothered me that much <clears throat> then i would try to shop somewhere else or shop directly you know that's where the consumer you know pl- has a role to play here right where and i and that's when it's interesting when you have class action suits or you know when you know people come together collectively saying this is wrong i think that always I'll, I'll say has more power than than when it you know is just like hud with with facebook um you know when you know it's coming from the masses but that's like you know we've said it several times and funny enough i read another article that i meant to show you when you and i were asking is anybody going to go after amazon and they were pointing to the percentages albeit small are are starting to eat into to Amazon share a little bit, and they are coming from exactly who you and I speculate, which is Walmart. Um, now I can't remember uh, the two or three other kind of big retailers that seem to be getting more and more serious about this, but nobody's offering an alternative for consumers, right? And I guess that's where they're saying, well, that's not a coincidence. Amazon's doing that deliberately.
0: Yeah. You know what's funny though about it too is like the difference with Amazon versus some of these other uh, some of these other companies is that Amazon has like uh, can hire people right or continues to hire people like um, in in many ways they're they're more efficient right than than I guess you would say brick and mortar stores are but it's not like software where it's just like copy paste new code don't need a new human. Yeah, I mean, so they're still creating a lot of jobs. So I feel like Amazon's argument could be that like, well, we're we're, we're adding a lot of jobs. So for example, Reed, I had to, I wanted to make sure I had my number right, do you, but do you know how many employees Amazon has? 20,000. Uh, yeah, almost 1.2 million. That's <laughs> 1.2 million. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And they've hired over 250,000 this year alone. They're wow. I mean, they're just hiring crazy amounts of people. So if I, if I'm a lawmaker and now, now my, the risk is like, if I let them keep doing this, like they're going to get so damn big. I like the, the trains left the station. I can't do anything now because mm-hmm. having over a million employees and they hired a quarter of that this year, like, what do you, I mean, how do you eventually stop that train? It's just, it's just so much power.
1: And where is the 250,000, um, Like, is there a pie chart of like, you know, which, which parts of Amazon they're being hired into? Like, is this all a result of COVID, like the pandemic and they just can't keep up with all the, the e-commerce?
0: Yeah. I, I, I I can't wait to look that up. That's an awesome thing. Like, is it delivery? Is it, I mean, I imagine it's gotta be a lot of warehouse workers and stuff. I'm sure it's some of the other businesses they're getting into too, though, like, um, uh, we talked about healthcare and some other things, but not doesn't seem like it's heavy as is Amazon from an e-commerce standpoint, right? With COVID and everybody, all these brick and mortar shutting down and people buying more stuff online, you would just imagine most of it has to be the logistics side of things.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking again of anti-competitive, didn't they divorce themselves from uh, FedEx? Um,
0: so they're now, or you, you, yeah, they're weaning off of their, yeah. of their other uh, logistics uh, partners.
1: Right. So that's going to require them to obviously do that much more hiring.
0: Yeah, here you go. Your favorite Washington Post, uh, they they had even better numbers than me. They say they hired 400,000 employees in 2020. And this is as of October. Um, they added 250,000 people just in the first, uh, just in the, the three months prior to October. I mean, that's so many people.
1: It's insane. But I, I don't know how that couldn't be tied to them trying to, I guess, exit those relationships, you know, with some of their third party, um, delivery agreements. And then, uh, what's happened with, uh, everything gone remote. Um, you know, you have a lot of people, well, I don't even need to say it. So I'm just curious, like, will this stick like that? That'll be interesting. Will we be reading just the opposite next year? you know, or in 2022, where it's like Amazon announces massive layoffs because things go back to normal and, you know, the volume that they were seeing drops, like, is this a temporary thing or is this something that we expect them to, cause they didn't do that last year. Right. I mean, I don't know, but it's like, how can you not connect the dots here? Like if they made that many hires just this year versus what they did in 2019.
0: Yeah. Uh, and 19, I think when I saw the number, they had like 700,000. Um, so it's been a lot of growth this year, but, um, for comparison, it says Walmart has 2.2 2 million people. So I guess like 1.2 million is a lot, but it's not quite Walmart size yet. And Walmart would be last hit in my, in my thought versus like the, it's more of you're taking probably from small businesses would be my thought as you crowd them out. Um, and then I, if I does remember that number, I this article, but in a prior article we had read with Amazon fulfillment, it was like 7%, previously 7% of packages were being delivered by Amazon. But I think they're trying to reverse that and make it more of like all, but 7% being delivered by Amazon. Cause like what? where I live up here, there's not Amazon delivery yet. We're just too far out. So it's still the post office that does it.
1: Um, Yeah. You just went Picasso on me for a second. Um, yep, okay. That, that'll be the entertaining part of the video ke- uh, element. <laughs> um, you had three ears and like, you know, your hair was like on top of your hair. So it's <laughs> pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I was going to say, um, does that number include Whole Foods? And like, um, I mean, that's all in, right? Like, or do they, I wonder if that is I think split that's off. that's.
0: Yeah, I think it's all in since Whole Foods is part of the same company, just a smaller company underneath.
1: Yeah. So the 700,000, like what I'm getting at is like how much of this is like hiring up versus acquisitions, you know, as we do talk about all these kind of, I don't know, behind the curtain, you know, deals that are done that we don't even know about. It's like, how how did they end up with another 200,000 employees? It's like, well, they just bought another company.
0: Yeah, I didn't take it that way. I think this is all about the hiring this year cuz Whole Foods was before and I haven't heard of major acquisitions folding in this year. Um but yeah. all I'm getting to is like back to to Amazon. Like I think when they're talking about breaking it up, it's breaking up the e-commerce versus AWS and to me it seems like why break why break that up? Now, if it does get broken up, uh, it, it, if memory serves me right, like when the uh when the telcos were um or telcos were broken up, their stock actually improved afterwards. So it's not like these, um, these companies like Facebook, Amazon, Google, if they get broken up that it's like, you know, let's cry them a river or anything. It's like their, their value, their immediate, uh, value is probably going to increase, right. Just mm-hmm. from history. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I would just say like, do you have anything different on Amazon than, than what I do, uh, regarding like. I wouldn't, I, I don't see the point about breaking up AWS. I just see a, a point about like, they almost need regulation to make sure they're not using their platform to be anti-competitive.
1: Right. No, I don't disagree with that. You know, I, I just, this is probably, I, I mean, I already said it, but I, I just think the consumer has a role to play here. Like we, I, I can't stand, and this isn't going to sound very, I'll say democratic or liberal of me, but I don't like it when people play the victim. Um, and that's what gets at me with some of this stuff. But but there's a there's a reality to a good portion of it. So I'm not like leaning too hard to one side here. I'm just saying like when it comes to, <clears throat> does somebody need to be like checking or supervising like the way that they, and, and I think they probably do, David. I'm just like, I I can see through that. I feel like it's pretty obvious. Like at what point, I mean, who doesn't know that there's ads on Google now, <laughs> you know, it's like, Consumer beware, like we're in a tech industry, you have to start to know how these things work and then you can avoid, I guess, falling victim or becoming another sheep, like, um, or taking advantage of, well, that doesn't change what you talked about though, with other industries. So I'm, I'm still kind of dwelling too
0: much, probably on the consumer perspective. Well, I, I think there is some responsibility as a consumer, but it's still, um. I think it's more about what you can and can't do right though. Like if Amazon's relieving so much pain that it's just easier to shop on there and it's less expensive and they, they build themselves on the backs of other independent sellers that like show Amazon the way. And then Amazon goes and sources their own product and then they crowd them out because Amazon, uh, well, they already have the data too. Like they can look at the data and then crowd them out. That's what I feel like is anti-competitive. The consumer side of things, it's still, yeah, I agree that it, the consumer should know better or you would hope the consumer could know better and vote for their dollar. Do I want the Amazon version of this or do I want someone else's version? It's kind of the whole white label thing that happens with green beans in grocery stores or whatever. But, um, at least in grocery stores, you still have, typically the house labels look more (laughs) garbagey and right. Like they, they don't have great branding or whatever. Um, Amazon has gone a little bit better than the traditional white label of green beans and Amazon can decide that it's placed first on the page or the first 10 on the page versus like, all right, I'm just going to nuke that competitor down in the, in the search rankings. Right. You can't exact, I mean, I guess theoretically in a store, you could nuke your competitor off the shelf, but um, yeah, it just, it doesn't seem as, as uh, egregious as online.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I look at some of those again, still consumer, but it's like, well, now I have the option of a quality generic product, which sounds like a contradiction, or I can continue to buy the brand that, you know, originally like piqued my interest or engaged me, like with that salsa, you know, and I'm empowered, right? As a consumer, is that a bad thing? I now have a more affordable option that if I'm not gonna be a snob about my salsa,
0: I can I can eat Whole
1: Foods salsa. Well, I wonder if that's You different. know, when worrisome though.
0: Go ahead. Oh, I, well, your salsa is a great example. Cause I salsa, your, your salsa is a repeat purchase, right? You're getting it all the time versus like the garbage can I buy on Amazon. It's like, I don't know. Lifty lid garbage cans or something over Amazon. I know Amazon. So it's like, all right, my brand affinity with Amazon is there's gotta be some quality control there. So I'm going to believe that over lifty lid. Right. And, um, and so I think that's more the issue is these infrequent purchases.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a fair point. Yeah. I mean, I, there has to be some. Now I'm coming back to your side, I guess, <laughs> but there does have to be some supervision and in, in how they're they're using their platform. Because if it was that egregious, where it's like we're just going to reverse engineer every trending product and then you know stand it up on our ourselves and then you know bury you guys in the results, then yeah, that seems like
0: uh, an easy one as far as anti-competitive. Well, then stick on the the Google train for a second, because I think this is what you were saying the other day, and you just alluded to it now, but uh, on Google. Do you believe Google should be broken up? If so, how would you do it? Because um, as you were saying, everyone should know that there's ads on Google at this point.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't personally like need to see another like search engine or have multiple search engines. Um, that This is just one piece. So I guess that's the important part here. And frankly, I'm not as uh, versed as I'm sure you are at breaking out the alphabet like all the companies inside of that. Um, but it doesn't seem like the, the other outside of their advertising, like that they've had tremendous success or it's something that needs to be broken up. And if I'm trying to compare it to Facebook, it's like, have they made as noteworthy of acquisitions, I guess, YouTube, uh, so I can answer that myself, but I was just thinking as far as WhatsApp and, um, Instagram, um, besides
0: like, and there are a lot of other video platforms, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, Omniture and uh, DoubleClick or whatever, like some of these other ones that they bought, right? Like, those, that's what you're saying about the ad platforms or where they've done it.
1: I was thinking more consumer-driven, you know, um, which is where I would compare, you know, YouTube to a, like a, an Instagram or a WhatsApp. But no, I, I, I don't, I mean, I, you and I, funny enough, were there at the beginning, like, meaning we were selling like 60 different search engines or something, and it was frustrating frankly, on my side or your side to go to market with that. And then it was frustrating for people, you know, to buy that and then frustrating for people to use it that way. So when it comes to Google specifically, like I'm, I'm not looking to see that broken up. I don't even know what that would look like. Um, from a consumer's perspective, you know, I'm, I'm still speaking, you know, as a consumer, not, you know, I guess the other businesses and maybe that's, the more interesting part of this conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, the I think the argument against them right now is that since they're paying for the default position on Apple, then you know it makes them anti-competitive because they're using their dollars to be above Apple as the default search engine on iPhone. But I feel like that's the wrong argument to take. I think you're you're leaning the correct direction probably with the ad ad buys ad networks, right? That you basically have to be in the Google stack you know, as a business to compete. And then on search, I agree with you. It's like, they provide a great product. The, my biggest complaint on search is, um, I think this actually is mentioned in the FTC lawsuit, but uh, is about the vertical searches like Yelp Yelp uh, and Kayak, the Yelp, Yelp and Kayak complaint, right? Like, so as they get into hotels, like now you're cannibalizing those other search engines. As the consumer though, if I could, if Google was so great, I wouldn't go to those other search engines and that's better for me. But the problem is when they're like nerfing the results, like stealing Yelp reviews and putting them straight on the Google search page, it's kind of the whole publisher argument about giving someone Google's a question and you just take the answer and give it to the consumer instead of like linking to the article that has it. Um, So I think that's more of my issue is like, if you're building yourself on top of other search engines as Google kind of is, then you should allow those other search engines a, a fair way to play. Yeah, totally.
1: And it wouldn't have hurt them. I mean, that was a good example you just offered up um, or one of the things they were taking heat for, which was uh, those questions, answers the questions and then not linking back to them. I personally wouldn't want to necessarily go back, but I guess I'd want the, but I wouldn't want to be prevented from the, having the option, you know, still gets back to like, I think they have delivered and that's why they're as big as they are such a more efficient like experience for us as consumers. Facebook's done it in their own way, like as far as content and staying connected. So it's like, I'm not saying you can't have it both ways, but there's, there is that element to me where it's like. How, how do you think this all happened? It's because it's what we wanted. They were solving a problem. They were, you know, painkiller plus, you know, the, the daily vitamin as, as we like to say, like, those are the products that they, they built. And now we're trying to, as you said, like penalize them for becoming as successful as they have, but it's not that simple. I mean, truly, like, I think you've articulated some great examples, like concerns that we all should have, like, as far as other, you know, how they are showing some anti-competitive trends. But does that mean that we should go as far as breaking the whole, like breaking up these companies, I guess, is where i not sure I'm sold yet. Like because of this, isn't there something in between? And probably that is what will happen when you see these big antitrust suits against companies of this size. A lot of it is, I don't want to call it posturing, but it's like you start with, hey, we're threatening to like dismantle your whole freaking, you know, like company to, okay, you know, we'll meet in the middle, the public will be happy, the legislators will be happy, you conceded X, Y, and Z, which is, you know, you were offering up the idea of like the social graph being back, open back up. So that's probably where this will go. I think the the plausibility of, of them actually like breaking up a Facebook or
0: an Amazon or Google is pretty, pretty small, but time will tell. Well, um, sticking on Google for a second, if I was to break them up, it wouldn't be, it'd be more like there has to be some sort of controls in place so you can't squash the other search engines. So, you know, uh, applied to this industry would be the ILS, right? Like if they all of a sudden got involved in the apartment search business, now you may be stealing listings from apartments.com and apartment guide or whatever. Right. Um, so that would be one concern. So if I was in the hotel industry, but as it, as it sits today, I feel like I'm more concerned with Android and like the, the app store on Android. So you have to use just like Apple, you have to use the Apple store. You have to use the Android store and then take a 30% cut. And to me, like 30% is an egregious business model since you don't allow other app stores to really exist on your platform. Like if you want to add in the Amazon Android store, you have to like, basically almost like root your phone and like, you know, then you void warranty. Right. And so it's like, so to use another store that may pay the app developer a better split. I have to like break the warranty on my phone. And now you won't, now you won't say it's okay anymore. So to me that I I would focus on that, or maybe something with Chrome or something with um, something with the ad networks and how, you know, it's, it's basically monopolized there. um, But not on the, not on the search uh, on its face. Um, So if I was going to, if I'm Google and I wanna do something, I feel like back to the social graph idea, if I wanna get into apartments, I I just need to work better with apartments.com or CoStar or something to to provide a how do I take the the CoStar experience and put it inside of the suit search results so people can still kind of get the the best results easiest without having to jump through other hoops. I feel like that kind of the equivalent of of the social graph, right? So then it's almost like you're back to operating system. It's like if you're Windows, you can use Microsoft Excel if you want, or you can use some other spreadsheet program that you prefer, but any of them will work. And so if, if Google starts to think of itself more like an operating system, which it obviously it has for Chrome and Android, but how could it turn the search results page into something like that so that other people can like other businesses can inject themselves into the page effectively. And then Google can still provide a great user experience because they can kind of sit on top of it all and make sure it works you know, well together.
1: <clears throat> well, lots of good thoughts there. Um, the very last piece is what I question it's not because I can't open my mind to that, but it, it, I would be curious to see what that looks like because um, so much of Google's success is built on the experience that they have, the user experience they have. So will they be able to start working with other, you know, um, search, I guess, directories, you know, results like a co-star and, and make that feel right for us as the consumer?
0: Yeah, but uh, I like
1: where I, you're headed with it, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not totally sure how how that does or doesn't work. I'm just saying, like, if you're trying to open it up, if you're Google and you forecast 20, 20 years in the future, it would be frustrating if, as a consumer, I have to go to Yelp or I have to go to apartments.com. I'd rather, as you said, I'd rather have one search bar. So if Google is almost barred from going forward in developing an apartment search option, what, what choice is there besides trying to find some way to, to work together? otherwise what you have is like somebody else is going to come along and it's going to be like now we're your one search bar and we search both google and departments.com for you it basically starts to aggregate these other search engines and so now it just it's almost like as you know reed like the the um the programmatic stack and how you have like 16 different layers of companies involved in selling an ad i feel like that's what it becomes if you don't start to work together and if you force google to say like well you can only search websites but you can't search like other search engines. Totally. Yep. All right. Well, anything else on this? Um, I don't know this whole thread about antitrust. I mean, overall, it sounds like, I mean, if I'm just for project or whatever, trying to make this all cohesive, (laughs) you and I are like, (laughs) maybe something should be done, but we don't think any of them chose the right way to get it done.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, um there's a lot more that's going to come out, you know, obviously about all these different suits that uh yeah, you know, we should obviously just stay on top of and probably uh serve for some some good podcasts down the road. I I'm still trying to get in my head what what's at the root of it you know l- where i kind of started just the insiders you know and exiles or whatever like suddenly having a guilty conscious almost like all at once so it's like this collective you know ground grounds up like um type uh, movement that's happening from folks that were in those positions before and so you know, when I, I did watch the social dilemma and again, not anything earth shattering for me, but why is it that it, they so bothered and now they're, they're coming out, speaking about it and helping develop the, or provide the research. But I guess it is because there's more that, you know, there's more to it than we realize. And I think you highlighted actually some really good examples of that. Um, so yeah, it will be fascinating to keep, keep an eye on. We didn't get to, and I don't want to like, try to like rise this, uh, up here at the end, but, um the you know what's happened with costar and rent path and like what's at the root of that so maybe it would be best for us as we speak through these like you know you were kind of going straight at facebook but like take them one at a time and really spend a little bit more time diving into to what we're
0: reading and uh see if we can
1: kind of put the pieces together a little bit better cool
0: well i guess that's a nice teaser to leave it on but we'll have to come back and do one on the costar rent path debacle totally (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get out of here.